Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast with the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, September 19th. You may notice right off the bat my audio quality a little different tonight when I went to hit the record button. My microphone's just decided not to work now. Thankfully, we live in 2019. My computer has a built-in mic. It's good enough to get the job done tonight, but we do apologize for that. Look, if I could throw my microphone through a wall right now, I would. Uh, Sometimes it just doesn't want to behave with me, though, and so that's what we're dealing with today. Hopefully, it will be back in action later tonight because we have some really fun podcasts planned for this weekend that I know you listeners will enjoy. And in fact, before we begin today, if you've missed anything from this week, we've had a ton of great interviews on uh, the mini break. We've talked about Labor Cup all week long. Matt Stokowiak, Jamie McDonald last night did a very fun, what would Labor Cup look like if they played it in a college tennis line? Lineup format. Somehow, Matt Stokowiak leaves Alex Virev out of his sixth uh, single spot, which is just a take for the ages, to say the least. So, I promise if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. Uh, in terms of the Great Shot podcast, we talked about it this weekend. We did a live video on YouTube, but if you haven't listened to that, me, Max Rothman, Jamie McDonald breaking down the ATP players we will be watching most closely down the home stretch. Players from Stan Wawrinka, you know, an established veteran who we want to know how much he has left in the tank versus the young Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, who happened to win his first challenger title last week in Sevilla. Um, So a wide range of topics covered in that podcast. We promise you'll enjoy it. And then on the crack interviews front, look, I've done a ton of fun interviews uh, during our time here at Cracked Rackets, but... I think the interview we did this week with Bethany Maddox-Sands may just top them all. So much fun to have the nine-time Grand Slam champion and Olympic medalist on the podcast. Such an engaging, personable, funny personality. And look, if you, if you haven't given that a listen, I highly recommend that. Again, that's on our Cracked Interviews feed. For all three feeds, this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, like, rate, subscribe, and review at this point. I mean, what are you doing if you're not? Uh, we would appreciate it. Uh, you know, the reviews. The, I, I know Tennis Channel would appreciate it. We would love to tell Tennis Channel, hey, look, we just got 100 reviews in one day. So, uh, yeah, so let's try and make that happen. Let's make that a goal for, I'll give you guys a week. Let's say next Friday, I think the mini break right now is at 31. If it gets to 50... I don't know. Free, free gear for all 19 people who sign up. And I feel like we can make that happen. West off Dalton, as always, I apologize for the burden I just placed on you. But come on, let's get to 50 likes across all three podcasts on the Apple platform. With that being said, a ton, you know, I'm not just here to fish for likes. We've got tennis to talk about. I'm going to veer away from the Labor Cup today because I feel like we've done a lot of that. 
and talk some ATP and WTA tennis because there are a ton of tournaments going on right now. A shocking amount, actually, as we mentioned with Kale Hammond earlier in the week. Two ATP tournaments, three WTA tournaments, of course, the Challenger in Columbus where we see so many current and former college tennis players in action. So I want to talk a little bit about all of those things. Not going to go on for too long, as you can tell. It's just me steering the ship today. We also have a very fun interview planned for Thursday morning that should be released that afternoon. Uh, may act as a either a second half of this podcast or a bonus podcast. Why stuff's like, oh, Alex, if we do it as a bonus podcast, then you're going to get more listens. So, you know, I apologize if it's not all on one platform, but be on the lookout for that later in the day. But with that being said, let's talk a little tennis. So the place I want to start, as I mentioned, the Columbus Challenger. And look, I acknowledge off the get-go, I'm a nerd for watching Challenger tennis as much as I do. I just love it. You get to see the young up-and-comers. You get to see people on the precipice of the top 100 working their way up the rankings. Look, tennis, obviously, a dog-eat-dog sport. You get what you earn. And so all of these guys hungry to make an end-of-year push. You look at it, uh, the number one seed, former USC Trojan Emilio Gomez, number two seed, former Ohio State uh, guy, Mikhail Torpegard, who, by the way, this, this year in Ohio Challengers, I think there was one in the summer he lost first round, but early in the year, I should say Ohio Indoor Challengers, Torpegard, a two-time finalist this year, a three-set winner today, but, you know, he's on his home course getting ready to roll. Just so much so much talent in this, so many good players left in the draw. You look at today's matchups, boy, uh, we are going to have a fun Thursday of Columbus tennis. I believe Emilio Gomez will now take on Philip Peluo, Liam Brody versus Kokao. So again, all seeds right now. Michael Moe versus J.J. Wolf may be the primetime match of the day. I'm sure that'll be the 4 p.m. start. Uh, I believe Alex Richard ended up winning, so he'll take on Gabriel Petit. Ty Kwiatkowski versus Ben Seguin in an all-ACC battle today. Uh, Donald Young, not a college player, but versus another fellow USC Trojan, Roberto Quiroz. Uh, I believe I got a text from Jonathan Kelly today who was marveled. We had three Colombian players playing simultaneously at an ATP Challenger event, and I don't think that has happened very often. So it was very, very cool to see. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Roberto Quiroz, Emilio Gomez, and then, oh, who was the last one? I'm forgetting. Oh, sorry. Did I say Colombian? I meant Ecuadorian. I apologize. Gonzalo Escobar. That's who it was. Gonzalo Escobar, Roberto Quiroz, Emilio Gomez. Three uh, Ecuadorian players playing simultaneously. It is not often we see that. So that's really cool. And again, just my one takeaway from Columbus, because given that it's there on the Ohio State indoor courts, the Ohio State men's tennis team, recipients of many wild cards. You look at members on the roster who got a, a wild card into this event. And by the way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's their home event. They can give wild cards to whomever they choose. Uh, but you got to see uh, U.S. Open. I want to, Kalamazoo boys singles finalist. I believe he was a finalist at the U.S. Open as well. Um, maybe not in singles, but in doubles. He actually may have won the doubles. I know Tyler's saying, I don't remember. But Cannon Kingsley, who was a 3-6-6-4-6-3 loser to number 5 seed, Ty Kwiatkowski. I mean, this kid's an incoming freshman, and he's taking the former NCAA uh, singles champion to three sets in his first match. I know it's indoor tennis, but boy, is Cannon Kingsley just a special talent. I mean, between him, you look at some of the... Uh, James Trotter, who was hitting the, just the cover off of the ball, looked 
it looks like he has really been working this summer. They all have the Ohio State forehand at this point. They also all have that Ohio State Ty Tucker mentality of, I'm hitting big and I'm moving in. And it's just, this is going to be such a talented team. It, it's really, if Trotter can step into the role, you know, obviously they lose a J.J. Wolf, a Martin Joyce, a Hunter Tubert. But you could argue the talent they're replacing it with is even better. That one through six this year, they're going to have even more talent, more depth than they did last season. And that was a team that I don't think lost uh, in the regular season without J.J. Wolf, uh, or with J.J. Wolf, I should say. When they lost him, they lost to Texas and Texas A&M. But, I mean, one through six this year, you look at it, McNally, Trotter, uh, uh, I was going to say Sakeen Kingsley. Uh, we got to see Robbie Cash play. We'll see J.J. Mercer later on. We saw Justin Boulez, the late commit from Canada. Boy, is that lefty talented. The poorest man. I mean, you hate to make comparisons, and it's an easy one here, but probably the poorest man, Shapovalov at this point, the firepower that comes off the lefty's racket, just special. I mean, the forehand, uh, the one-handed backhand, he swings with some vitriol, man. He really, really goes after that ball. And so again, you start looking at their lineup, you know, let's say McNally and Seelig start the year at one and two because they're the veterans. Well, between Kingsley, Trotter, Cash, Boulez, just so much talent on this roster that you it's going to be fascinating to see where the lineup ends up a little bit small when you think about it compared to you know previous years um i feel like the doubles for ohio state is going to really be a work in progress because there's so many young players on this team that's the big thing but if you're telling me to you know doubt an Ohio State doubles lineup by the end of the year. Yeah, right. Ty Tucker will have those guys firing eye formation, returns and coming in, two back when necessary. Uh, Just he's one of the best, if not the best coach in the men's tennis college game right now. So with the talent he has at his disposal this year, maybe they start out slow. You know, maybe Florida is as good as everyone thinks and they just run everyone off the field, but run everyone off the court, I suppose. I don't know why I said field, but I mean, Circle Ohio State, I know they lost talent, you know, again, those three guys plus Alex Cobalt transfers out, so they lost four starters, but they have a really talented group coming back, so, and the best part about all of this, college tennis is in the air, I smell it, I feel it coming, Chris Hallior sends me texts now more frequently than he did during the summer, which is a clear reminder to me that I need to get him back on the podcast to talk a little college tennis. I know the individual rankings have just come out for uh, NCAA, but we're not going to talk about those yet, focus on those a little later when I get Chris on, but still, Columbus Challenger, be on the lookout for it, a great way to segue into the college year, and there's just a ton of talented players in this draw, so if, you know, St. Petersburg or uh, Korea or Guangzhou, all of these ATP and WTA events starting too late for you, and you're in America, watch the Columbus Challenger, livestream.com backslash ATP. Uh, it's really worthwhile tennis. It's an excellent event, and I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're missing out if you're not watching. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. But 
with that being said, let's talk a little bit about those ATP and WTA events. Uh, the one, let's start on the ATP side today. St. Petersburg, none of the seeds in play. Oh, I believe one seed actually was in play. I want to say Adrian Manorino, the seven seed, he lost to Jeremy Soft, 6-3, 6-1. But you look throughout the rest of the draw, Medvedev gets Donskoy today. That's going to be a fun one. Rublev, Barankas, young, hard-hitting, or young, Barankas isn't young anymore, but talk about small, hard-hitting, talented players. Berrettini versus Carveas Benya. Kasparud, a three-set winner over Sasha Bublik. We've got Vuksovic and George Kakushkin, a winner over Zoomher. He'll play the winner of Joao Sosa and Karen Kachanov. And again, Kachanov, Chorich, Rublev, Medvedev. These are the guys we want to see down the home stretch because we all know how talented they are. We all know what all of them are capable of. And it's just how much do they have left in the tank? How healthy are they? Because in theory, you know, they're 23 to 20. They're all in that 22, 23, 24 range. These are the young up-and-coming talent, and it's just, you should have stuff left in the tank, or you shouldn't be playing these events, and all these guys playing for a reason, it's gonna be really interesting, we talked about it with Kale again, but I want to see what Medvedev looks like after being on top of the world, as good of a post-Wimbledon stretch as any we've seen in the past, what, three to ten years from someone not named Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, or Murray, and just, how do you back that up? Now, the stakes are a little bit less, but still, it matters. All of these things matters. Accumulating points, getting this experience matters. So it's going to be very fun uh, to watch and see how that progresses. You flip over to France for the Moselle Open. Again, uh, none of the seeds in play yet, or at least not many of them. We did have number three seed Benoit Paire knocking off Richard Gasquet, 3-6-6-3-6-4. Gregoire Beret knocks off Hubie Hurkacz, 2-2 two two in the first round. That one hurts. Then he knocks off the hard-hitting young Frenchman Antoine Huang, 3-6-7-6-6-2. That's going to be a fun pair. Beret matchup. Philip Krajinovic knocks out number five seed Fernando Verdasco. 3-6-6-4-6-3. Then you look at who's in action today. David Goffin versus Karino Busta. That's going to be a ton of fun. Badene versus Simone. I, I'm, I'm done with that. Sinego Pui. Mm. Herbert knocks out Struff Dog. Oh, Struff man. Knocks out, knocked out six, seven, six, six, four in the first round. That hurts indoor tennis. I really thought he was going to make a run here, but it's going to be very fun to see an all French battle between Herbert and Sanga. And then, of course, on the bottom of the draw, Yannick Madden, a three set winner over Ugo Umbert. He's going to play Nicolas Vasilashvili. So, again, you're looking at all of these results. People think post-U.S. Open, the tennis dies down. It does not. We have all of these ATP events leading up into Labor Cup, which is obviously the crown on the ATP uh, calendar at this point of the year. Uh, it's a fun week of tennis. I'm all in on it. And again, yeah, we have St. Petersburg. We have Mets. You, if, if you're not a Labor Cup fan, there's still really good ATP action for you this weekend. So as always, tennis gives you another reason not to check out. Um, let's flip over again. We're, we're going through quickly today. Rapid rounds. Let's go first to Guangzhou, China, where you look at a wide open draw that has emerged. Alina Svitolina, the one seed, retires down 6-4-4-3 to Buzkova. Now, if you watch the match, Svitolina looked gassed, and there is something to jet lag. There is something to transitioning from, you know, the Western Hemisphere to the Eastern Hemisphere, from the U.S. to China. But, a surprising result. You have to wonder for Svitolina, for all of these top players, how much tennis is on your body and how much do you have left in the tank? And for a player like Buzkova, an excellent opera, and you know, nothing, she's probably winning this match even if Svitolina doesn't retire. 
Uh, but it is notable when a number one seed, especially Alina Svitolina, who has high aspirations for the year on, she's in competition to end the year number one. I think if she wins enough matches, that's very possible. So it's going to be interesting to monitor just how much these players have in the tank. Again, moving down, uh, Blinkova, a 2-5 and five winner over Krunic. And then in the now for the other quarterfinal, number three seed, Sofia Kennan, a 4-2 and two winner in both of her matches. We'll match up with Paolini of Italy, the qualifier, who was a 7-5-3-6-7-5 winner over the number six seed. I mean, Kennan's got to be the favorite to make the final now. And talk about someone who's been consistent week in, week out. If she gets, what, her third WTA title of the year? I mean, she's been a top 15 player, in my opinion, on the WTA side. And it's a testament to her, her team, the hard work they've put in that she's able to have this much success across such a variety of surfaces. You move through the rest of the draw. Golovic, a 4-6-7-5-6-0 winner over the number five seed, Sinyakova. The number four seed, Zhang, 5-4 and four over Petkovic. Sam Stozer, a 7-6 in the third. Buster winner over Bernardo Pera. And then on the bottom half of the draw, we had the number two seed, Cheng Wang, losing 5-2 and two in her first round. Now you look at the... Other draws broken down since then. A Stoyanovich 7-6-2-6-6-0 winner as that last quarter finalist in Guangzhou. So again, only what one in Zhang, the number four seed, two in Kennan, the number three seed, two seeds left in that portion of the draw. We've got upsets. We've got fun. Not that the WTA ever doesn't keep you on your toes, but again, at this point of the year, it's really interesting who's got uh, gas left in the tank, who doesn't. And to see a Sophia Kennan make this sort of just the consistency week in, week out, regardless of what happens the rest of the year. 2019 was such a huge step forward for her, and it's going to be so fun to continue to watch as, I mean, she's someone to circle for the 2020 Australian Open as a dark horse. If the draw breaks right, there's no reason she can't make a Grand Slam semifinal, Grand Slam final, because she's right there with her contemporaries in terms of talent, in terms of results, just all of these different things. So again, just another thing to watch down the home stretch. But with that said, let's talk about the Korean Open real quick. Obviously, the number one seed there uh, going uh, withdrawing early on Maria Sicari. So an open draw. We have in the quarterfinals, uh, Teague versus Bedosa still is a round of 16. But Wang knocks off Bonaventure 6-0 in the third. Carolina Mukova is going to play Babos, Tomjanovic versus Han later today in that portion of the draw. But you look at the bottom section, all four quarterfinalists determined. Kristen Flipkins, a 6-3-7-5 winner over the number seven seed. Gasparian Lynette, 5-6 over Potapova. Christian has been riding the wave since Wimbledon. 0-6-6-4-7-6, Buster winner over Bogdan in to reach the quarterfinals. She'll now play the number two seed, Alexandrova, a 3-6-6-3-6-4 winner over Kristina Pliskova, who I believe had her six sister, Carolina, come down uh, and do a little sideline coaching during her match versus Alexandrova. Kind of love that. I'm all in on that. So um, that's cool. I mean, again, in this portion of the draw, it seems we have a lot of seeds left still. The number two, the number four, the number five, the number three, the number eight, all still in play. A wide open draw. And so another cool thing to monitor as we come down the home stretch. But the last tournament I want to talk about today, uh, again, we'll go to the Trey Pan Pacific Open in Osaka, Japan, where we have number one seed Naomi Osaka, a 7-5-6-3 winner over Tomova uh, to reach the quarterfinals. 
Flink versus Putin, Seva. We've got Sloane Stevens in action today versus Georgie. Mertens over C, 631662. Madison Keys, a three set winner, 576064. She'll now play the number four seed, Angelique Kerber, who is a straight set winner over Nicole Gibbs. On the bottom half, Vekic versus Doi. Pavelchenkova versus Bertens. This is definitely the WTA tournament of the weekend. And hey, you like Labor Cup? Well, in this one, you've got Osaka still in play, Stevens still in play, Merton still in play, Keyes still in play, Kerber still in play, Burton still in play, Vekic still in play. I mean, this is an, a WTA superstar event, whether they call it that formally or not. So a really good weekend of tennis in front, uh, or a really good week of tennis behind us, but an even better weekend of tennis in front of us. To stay on top of all of the action this weekend, be sure to check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. You know the deal by now. Like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, the Mini. Uh, this is the Mini Break, the Cracked Interviews Podcast. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, social media, so Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram at Cracked Rackets at Great Shot Pod at Mini Break Pod. That's where you can find us. Again, huge shout out as always to our super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who will not be happy that my microphone is working because it only adds to the f- of a job they have to do. And again, Westoff, Fligner, hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's what you're worth. Uh, but with that being said, for our super producers Westoff and Fleekner, and from our entire team at both the Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Networks, I'm your host Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.